you're listening to On The Road, a podcast powered by Otto Car. Welcome to another episode of On The Road, where we speak to a variety of players in the private hire industry, from the operators to the car manufacturers and, of course, PCO drivers themselves. As always, I'm joined by my loyal co-host, Ishan, who has a stack of questions lined up. Right, so today we have a very special guest, and it's taken a while for us to get to this stage, but we did make you listeners a promise back in season one, so here it is. Uh, It's fair to say this operator changed the game like no other, brought private hire to the masses with 3.5 million active users, and currently has over 40,000 PCO drivers on their books in the capital. I think you can guess who we're talking about. It's Uber. We're delighted to have Chris Hook, who's the clean air lead from Uber, join us today. He's here to talk about how he's electrifying the company and helping it become 100% electric by 2025. Chris, how are we doing on this crisp November morning? I'm doing very well, thank you. It is a bit crisp, isn't it? I'm yeah. quite glad to be inside and, uh, and warming up a bit. But yeah, I'm very well. Lovely stuff. Thank you so much. Uh, Ishan, how are we doing today as well? I'm doing very well. Um, I think we're just on the cusp of the crispness, personally, in my opinion. <laughs> the crisp level is rising. Yeah. <laughs> December's approaching. Um, yeah. So I guess a, a great first uh, place to kick off is just uh, to tell us maybe a little bit about yourself um, and what you're doing at Uber. Sure. Well, that was a great introduction. So thank you for that. <laughs> I, um, as you said, I'm the clean air lead for Uber in the UK. Um, which is not a job title that everyone immediately always gets, but it's, it's tied very closely to Uber's clean air plan, which I'm sure lots of uh, people listening will have heard about. So I joined Uber only three months ago, um, back in August, and I joined to help deliver this commitment that we've made um, to electrify the fleet. And our ambition is to be, as you've rightly said, 100% electric vehicles in London by 2025. Yeah. So my work is all concentrated on how to make that happen. And there are lots of different, we can talk through some of them, I'm sure. There are lots of different ways in which uh, we'd like to try and make that happen, um, but I'm really excited about it. And so that's, so it's a, that's it's why I'm at Uber. It's a bold move, isn't it? It's it a, is a bold move, and it was the thing that got my attention, I guess, when I was uh, thinking about what I was going to personally do next. Um, this felt like a great opportunity to to do something on an issue that I care about in a city, you know, the city that I live in. So uh, yeah, it's, it's an exciting time. Yeah. Makes perfect sense. As I well. mean, for people then maybe that don't know so much about the um, Uber Clean Air um, plan, could you maybe just kind of give a brief outline of it and how, how it of works? Course. So yeah, as I said, the, the big ambition is to be 100% electric vehicles um, by 2025. And that means fully electric. So obviously people who use Uber today will know we have a lot of, we have a lot of hybrids, we have a whole mix of different cars, but we want to shift that to when electric and we want to do that because we think it's the it's the right thing to do for the city and for our drivers as they start to think about the future of transport um you'll know that the, the mayor's been very clear that he wants to clean air, london up and use london as an example of a city that can um that can reduce its its uh, impact on the environment and it can be a healthier cleaner place to live and we really want to contribute to that know that we we have a big role to play um, in terms of the mechanics of how it works so um, we're raising money from our riders and, and contributing some money ourselves towards a, a part of cash. We're hoping to raise about 200 million. So every time you take a trip on Uber, you pay a small amount per mile um, as, a, as a clean air fee. It's about 15p a mile. So on the average journey, that's a bit less than 50p per, per ride. Um, and that money all goes into a pot and we keep that so we can help, so we can use it to help drivers switch into their cars. Because we recognize that at the moment, electric vehicles, everyone's very excited about it, but it's still quite new and it's quite an expensive technology. Mm. Um, and so we want to help drivers make that jump uh, and make it work for them, make it affordable for them. Um, and so uh, they, they, uh, they also earn kind of a proportion of that money through the trips that they do, same, same ratio, 15p a mile. And once they hit a certain threshold, they then got the opportunity to purchase or to rent 
uh, an electric vehicle and they'll get some assistance from Uber in doing that and uh, hopefully reducing the cost. Yeah, I, mean, I think it's a, it's a great idea to be able to kind of assist drivers in making that leap because it's all in good saying to, to Uber partners, you know, it's time to switch up to electric, but financially there's, there's, there's lots yeah. of things that need to be kind of considered in that and, and this is a great way to do that. And, yeah, that's exactly right. Um, and I think it's right also direction. amazing because obviously you guys are the biggest operator here in London. It could have been very easy to sort of take a, a step back or, or sit back a little bit and say we're not going to do anything towards this issue. So, you know, the, the company in its DNA must have quite a bit of motivation to decide to go down this avenue. I think that's right. You know, Uber's always been ambitious, been quite bold, you know, as, you, as you've seen from the growth uh, in London, the growth of the rest of the world, some of the other things that the company's doing. Uh, and so I think it feels natural that you would want to be a leader uh, in this. And also recognizing that, you know, with that scale comes some responsibility. Um, and you do have, we do have a responsibility to the city and to the people who live in London, and to those 3.5 million people who use the product. Um, and it's a chance to demonstrate that it's possible. I mean, what really excites me is that um, if we can prove that we can do this at this kind of scale. It really proves that the market is there and it works. Mm. Uh, and it's a big incentive to other companies, to the car manufacturing companies, yeah. to people like that, to start to move it and to hit some of the goals that we're all you know, invested in, in that sustainable future. Yeah. So um, I, think that's, uh, I think that's a really exciting opportunity. And, and, and I mean, the stats are interesting as well, because you say like Uber expect to raise 200 million um, by 2025. Um, you also uh, intend to have close to 20,000 EV drivers on the app by 2021, which of course that would be nice to hear sort of the progress um, towards that um, in a little bit. But, you know, also to turn your fleet 100% electric, that's not just, let's say, um, a dent, that's turning your entire fleet electric, which is a very interesting kind of goal to set yourselves. Yeah, I wasn't really involved in the setting of that goal. As I said, that was the thing that really attracted me to the company, but I think it was the right thing to do because I think when you have that kind of clarity, it makes it makes everything else it makes it easy to talk about context like this but it makes internally it makes it very clear like what, what are we aiming for you know when you start to mess with the edges of like you know a bit here and a bit there it all can become a bit muddy whereas the 100 percent goal is unambiguous it's ambitious mm. keeps me awake at night sometimes but it's uh, <laughs> hope you get some sleep in there so it's, uh, it's unambiguous and i think that's right and um yeah maybe just to give you a bit of an update on those on those numbers so um so we've raised about 50 million so far with the contributions from our riders which is fantastic, uh, and that's going to go a long way. You know, there's still there's still more to do, and the more and more uh, miles that are driven on the app, the, the, that number keeps ticking up. Um, and we started to distribute that to uh, drivers through uh, through the clean air plan. So we've now got our first kind of cohorts of drivers who are on the, in their EVs on the roads uh, since about July time. That that sort of kicked in. Um, who have used the uh, the Uber clean air plan, and then there are also plenty of drivers who have gone about it in a different way and are, and are driving electric vehicles either as their first vehicle on the um, on the app or they had them before and so we, we've got a decent little population now people we've still got a way to go mm. to hit those those numbers but um it's starting to really build some momentum which is exciting yeah. for us. and we're starting to see that trend as well from our side oh, yeah, so obviously great. drivers there's more interest more discussions more debate around mm. electric people coming to us and obviously picking up a nissan leafs or mm. other vehicles like the mg zsev for example and teslas mm. um and it's just like a rising tide so it's you know from our side as well we've kind of gone through this change that you, you guys have been going through and it's uh, fantastic to see but also yeah, from a general public point of view you know it's a, it's a pressing issue it's always in the front of the evening standard there's always in everyone and on, on in the forefront of everyone's mind in the capital especially with pollution levels being so bad in, in certain areas as well I think that's right. And I think in the last year or year and a half, we've seen a real step change in terms mm. of um, talking about sustainability in general and environmental concerns, you know, with some of the protests that have happened and some of the, the commitments the government's made. But we've, particularly in London, we've seen clean air become more and more prominent. And I think the mayor has, uh, you know, 
uh, a lot to do with that. I think he deserves a lot of praise for really foregrounding that issue. Um, and so I think it's only natural that start, things start to follow behind it. And uh, that's, that's really what we're trying to do. It's great to hear that you're starting yeah. to get people in yeah, no, about yeah. the subject. It's exciting. That's, that's kind really of what exciting. we want to do with this, right? We want to, we want to create that buzz and create that yeah. excitement and, and demonstrate it's possible. So I guess kind of on that point that you're saying about how London is moving, um, Uber as a company, you, you obviously are keeping a close eye on kind of congestion charges and ULEs. Um, you know, have you kind of formed any opinions as a company on this? Do you, do you, what do you feel about how, how, how it's gone so far? So, um, so yeah, they, are, they are really important. Obviously, they have a big impact on our, on our partner drivers. Um, you know, we did some stuff at the beginning of the year to try and make sure that they, the partner drivers it would still work for them if they were going in and out of central London. It's critical to us that we've got the supply there because that's where a lot of people want to be picked up and dropped off. You know, the, um, the clean air plan uh, that I talked about with the 15p, that applies to all journeys in London. And so if you're having to pay the, um, the ULES uh, fee because of the nature of your vehicle, that will help to... Um, you know, that's part of the encouragement to say, look, we, we can help you switch into a vehicle where you don't have to pay that fee. Um, you know, electric vehicles are going to be exempt from that fee for, you know, at least the next few years. Yeah, it's um, 20, end of 2025, I believe, yeah, for, for right. fully electric. And, right. and, and the same is true yeah. for the congestion charge fees. So, you know, part, part of the switch is about doing the right thing for the planet. Um, but part of the switch is also about just the weekly costs of running your vehicle. And if, you, and if we can help drivers get over that initial hump, we believe it, you know, for lots of drivers, uh, it's cheaper to run an electric vehicle on a weekly basis because some of these cha- these charges. We've also got our uh, central London fee. Um, so you, if so, you get a pound uh, extra in the fare for a pickup or a drop off in central London during the congestion zone mm-hmm. charges. And then part of that was to recognise that it's a big extra cost for people. I think I think TfL have published some really interesting stuff on the ultra low emission zone, particularly, which is obviously the thing I think about most. Uh, and recently, took, looking at the first six months, seems to have been pretty effective. Like the pollution levels have come down. Yeah. Um, they've seen well. what they they seen what they wanted in terms of the direction of travel. So we'll see how that plays out. But I think that's really positive, and um, you know, you'd hope that, that that trend would continue. Um, you know, central London is the most polluted place in Europe. You just found that out. Is it that bad? Uh, yeah, last week the okay. International um, Environment Agency published a report, and Marlborough is the single most polluted place in Europe. So oh, we still I, got. I, I used to live there. <laughs> yeah, I so we've still got a way to go. Uh, uh, no, wonder uh, I was, no wonder I was coughing for a few months <laughs> in that period. Oh, now you're out in, uh, in leafy Hammersmith. Well, <laughs> I've, it's leafy, but Hammersmith has its own problems as well. It's, it's, right. it's getting there. Yeah. That's good to know. I mean, and yeah, obviously you guys are. The, I mean, the amount of active users you have here. Um, there's so much that kind of. If you guys were able to make the switch, that's huge impact for the capital. You know? Yeah, and I think we don't talk about that enough. Actually, I, I, you know, my first experience of being in an electric car was being in an, in an electric Uber, uh, oh, in, an, okay. in an Nissan Leaf that was an Uber. And I think that will, if we can do this right, that will be a lot of people's experience. You know, those three point five million people, I don't know how many of them will have will own an electric car at the moment. The assumption will be not very many. Um, all our friends and family do, and so actually, a big part of what we can do is to demonstrate people. You know, through uh, being a rider in these cars, be like, oh, this is cool. It's much quieter. It's much smoother. It's the dream, essentially. Yeah, you know, and, to, and, and to so you can public. start to you can start to build awareness beyond just you know the drivers are really the core of getting this right, and, and that's who we're trying to work with every day. But there's there's a real opportunity to to educate and engage the the public in general, um, and that's what you know that's where Uber's scale I think has a real potential. Mm-hmm. I want to just add one thing: it's that we've had uh, some fantastic responses from actual drivers who are with us at Auto Car. 
on let's say the Nissan Leaf you know some say they'll never switch back that's great um, once they start using the e-pedal on the Nissan Leaf for example they, 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 yeah, they can't go back and it's just the cost savings alone are worth it even if the ride itself wasn't great which it is mm-hmm. so yeah. it's been generally fantastic feedback from the well, drivers that's great on the to hear and we're doing everything we can to work really closely with with the manufacturers and you know there are two or three who are at the lead at the moment but they're all moving in that direction you know and we're going to do everything we can to make sure that yeah. the best vehicles are available for drivers at the best price uh, and they really want to get it out there you know they, they really see the opportunity mm-hmm. for people to experience their product they mm-hmm. they believe that their product is a great product and yeah. so mm-hmm. um we're going to work with them as close as we can well yeah because i mean that's the interesting thing from our perspective as well is that exactly like you were saying richard, richard it's not like the the people that are in electric vehicles they actually love it it's it's just the overcoming the hurdle of people that have anxieties before they get inside it and i get that you know being an early adopter of any technology is not an easy thing to do right it's changed your lifestyle you've got to think about stuff you didn't have to think about before where am i going to charge it how long, how long does it need to charge for how far can i drive before it runs out of battery you know what if i can't get it fixed in the same mechanics that i would have used before so there's there's some stuff there that, that people definitely need to think about but equally i'm completely with you that all you need to do is talk to someone who's using one mm. and suddenly like they're the best advocates that we've got and that you know that nissan have got yeah, is yeah, the mm-hmm. is the current drivers because i yeah, that feedback is consistently great mm. and so um i think uh, a big part of my job is to help people think about how do they make that transition at the time that's right for them financially and in terms of some of the stuff that's going to be different and new mm. just get used to it get become more familiar with it well we're talking about um hurdles which is the point that it's just made um, we kind of had the same kind of questions and inquiries that you've just mentioned about range and charging and costs and savings and the drive um, obviously infrastructure is, is, a, is a huge question that drivers have Uber yeah drivers. and it would be nice to know kind of what exactly uber has been doing to try and help assist that and boost that kind of infrastructure and, and, and the amount of charge points I mean, we've, we've seen it recently in hammersmith there's loads more charge points being made um, which obviously alleviates that kind of fear and anxiety that these drivers might have. Are Uber, do Uber have any plans? Or yeah, we do. We do, and it's a big, you know, so we've got a little team uh, working on, on clean air stuff exclusively, and one of our team is just working on the infrastructure side. Mm-hmm. So it's something we're taking really seriously because uh, we really recognise that, that exact point. I think when we talk to drivers, we talk to people who are part of this plan, they'll say, first off, I'm worried about cost, and then always the second thing is mm-hmm. charging. How's charging going to work? Um, and a lot of people who have adopted electric cars in the sort of early phase are people who have got the luxury of parking them on their drive and charging them overnight. Um, and that, if, that, if you can do that, that's great. But if you're not in that position, it does change the game a little bit in terms of, yeah. um, of, of how it works. And, you know, our assumption is that a lot of Uber partner drivers are not going to be in that position. I wouldn't be in that yeah. position. We actually did a, sorry to interrupt, we did, we did a survey. I mean, it was about two years ago now, but about, with Uber partners, it was about, about 100 to 150 people sample of our own drivers who were Uber partners. And I think... About two thirds didn't have a driver. Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah, yeah so I think right. that kind of yeah. And I think um, and so we've got to think of solutions for those people. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and so um, we're doing a few different things. Firstly, we're we're working on just understanding that as, as in in as much detail as we possibly can. You know, Uber's a technology company. Got a lot of data we can use. We can really think about the ways in which uh, our understanding of how people move around the city would inform good decisions mm-hmm. uh, about where you put those charging points. Where you put them is really important because you want to put them in places that are, that are easy and convenient to use and we're going to get a lot of through flow uh, of traffic. Um, and you know, particularly in central London, spaces are premium. So you can't just be dotting them everywhere. You'll start to ruin the pavement. You'll start yeah. to have vehicles parked in inconvenient places. So uh, it, that's a difficult problem to crack, but we think we can really help play a role there. Um, Playing a role means collaborating a lot with other people. 
Uh, so a lot with TFL. You, know, um, you might have seen TFL published a big report this summer um, on EV infrastructure delivery plan. You know, and we helped to feed into that along with a lot of other people, and we're still working with that team. You know, TFL recognise that they have a role to play in in rolling out some of that network, but they're not going to do it themselves. They wouldn't know to say they're going to do it entirely themselves, and so the private sector has a big role to play there too. So we're having uh, a whole suite of conversations with some of the big charge master, charge, yeah, those kind of people, the people who've got the sort of the bigger networks. Uh, where they're going to get that coverage across the city. Um, and, and we're trying to do two things with that. We're trying to say, how can we ensure that uh, Uber partner drivers have the best possible deal mm-hmm. with those providers? Because um, they're going to be heavy users uh, of those of that infrastructure. And then secondly, uh, how do we help them make, as I said, smart decisions about where you, you put those charges? And I think the thing that we probably, final point to make is just, it's still quite, it's a very new industry the electric vehicle charging so there's lots of different a bit like all new industries people try a lot of different approaches and then I guess it comes kind of over time mm-hmm. we're most interested in the in the rapid public charging yeah. so you know recognizing that if you're if you're doing this for a living you don't want to be sat there whilst your car charges very slowly for hours on end and you don't have the luxury of leaving it overnight yeah, it's so, not an efficient way of doing the job no, is it? it's not absolutely not and so uh, you know based on current technology you can you can charge in 45 minutes to an hour as long as you have good access to a rapid public charging. So that's probably where we're putting all of, most of our focus. How do we ensure we get enough of those in the right places at the right price? Because yeah. I think the slow chargers do work um, if it's kind of near your home and you're yeah, able to got... leave your car there for a while. Um, but the rapid ones definitely are more kind of, let's say, sustainable in terms of a solution because 40 minutes you're out. You had some stats as right. well. And, uh, and I think uh, we talk, we, as you can imagine, we talk about this a lot. Uh, I think I probably had assumed that, that the slow ones would be a good option for, for quite a lot of people overnight. Mm. Uh, generally, the sentiment is that people don't love that because unless it's literally outside your house or kind of, you know, very mm. close by, obviously then comes with a whole host of other decisions about am I happy to leave my car there? Mm. What, if, what if I need to move in the morning? What, you know, so actually people probably prefer to start their day, drive, charge up and then go and do their shift. And so... That probably just ups the emphasis for us on, on more and more of those rapids mm. um, and to have them, you know, in central London where we've got a lot of density, but also to have them where people live because, um, you know, our drivers are spread all over the city. And so we don't want them to all be congregating on oh, one hub in, in Soho. That way. Is there any possibility in the future for that kind of ex- like an exclusive Uber rapid charger? network? Is that an idea that's kind of It's definitely something we've talked about. Uh, as I said, you know, key for us is to get uh, the best possible access at the best possible price. Um, I don't know, I, I don't have anything to announce today, I'm afraid. <laughs> it, right. it, it would have been a good thing for the it. podcast, wouldn't it? Uh, <laughs> Exclusive. I think, um, yeah, I think, we, I think we will continue to work with as many people as we can. Sure. Um, I think as we grow that fleet and get to some of those numbers that you talk about, you know, TFL have said that they think Uber is going to be somewhere somewhere around seventy percent of all the charging demand in London. Really? By twenty twenty five. Okay, that's a nice. That that's a great start. Be, well, you've uh, heard it here first. Yeah, well, you heard that one. Yeah, exactly. there's no official announcement. Is there a particular car that's catching your eye at the moment uh, out of these EVs? There are a couple that are particularly popular on the platform. Uh, you've already mentioned one, the Nissan Leaf. Yeah. Uh, did, did a review about that last week, actually. Okay, yeah. So that's been a um, that's been a real. Uh, Kind of staple for for the drivers who are currently in electric vehicles. Mostly the forty kilowatt at the moment. I think that's just been more available. Yeah. But we've seen a lot of interest in in the sixty two, and people are uh, chomping at the bit. And then the Tesla is really yeah. popular. Everyone would love a Tesla. They're really, I mean, yeah, a lot of people iconic. are saying, 
I can't really afford one, but um, mm. the Tesla Model 3 actually, we've seen a real uptick yeah. since uh, since the summer. Well, we actually sold out of that car. So Did you? We, yeah, we, we bought that on. We was uh, a bit, wasn't too sure how it would go down. We know that everyone loves the car, but you know, financially wise, you know, is, is it big suitable? Investment, for, yeah, big investment. Yeah. Is it suitable for them on a weekly basis with the payments and everything like that? And yeah, mm. it's sold out. There's, there's, there's definitely a demand for that kind of higher spec, a more higher class uh, electric vehicle, as well as ones like the Nissan Leaf and the 62 kilowatt, we tried that out a few weeks back and we loved it. The range is absolutely brilliant. What I'm really excited about is how many are coming out in the next 12 months. So I think, um, you know, those two of those two companies have really stolen a march in terms of getting ahead of the market and bringing out great products. Um, I think some people think that if you don't want an electric car, it has to be a Tesla and therefore it's out of my price range. And actually what I'm excited about is all of the cars that are going to come out in the more of a mid sort of mid-market type range, equivalent, I guess, to the Leaf. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's just going to really increase people's choices. Um, and I think some, you know, we're in early conversations with some of those companies. I think they uh, they present an opportunity for it to really like step up to the next level in terms of the, the amount of. I guess we were always surprised a little bit that Toyota never kind of moved quicker in that market as well. Um, yeah, it was a discussion we had with them a few, you know, for the for the first episode of the new series. And um, what did they say? Well, it is still in the pipeline. I mean, they they couldn't really give an official answer to an electric, let's say, an electric Toyota Prius. Because, uh, I mean, the Prius in itself was such an iconic car, but it was also such a progressive car, you know, because it was kind of the first of its kind, and that's why it's adopted by so many people in the capital. And they kind of moved into the hydrogen space a little bit, but mm. they didn't really kind of serve this electric sector as well so far. Um, what I got from that was that it's coming. It's just uh, there's no confirmed date as of yet, or what they could tell me on the podcast show mm. itself, but the, the tide is rising. Is there any specific car? Of those that you were saying is that are coming out in the next year that caught your attention. Um, Anyone in particular? I'm just trying to think of. I think well, so the one that's got the most press, I think, is the VW. Okay. So the ID3, uh, I saw a lot of announcements around the, the motor show. I think they've made a big investment. Uh, obviously, you saw the announcements probably this week in Germany about the, them supporting the domestic market for that. So I think that's going to make uh, make a bit of a splash. Uh, I think the 62 is not so far off, but the 62 kilowatt leaf has got a lot of people excited and they want to see how that works. And, you know, given given an Uber partner driver is going to be driving more miles on a daily basis than, than we might, mm-hmm. um, uh, anything that you can do to increase the range, I think, would be really, uh, uh, really valuable. Yeah, for so, sure. That's uh, big... I'm sure there are others that, I'm, that are, you know, that are on, on there that I haven't yeah. about yeah. so We're looking for VW, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. I've been quite Top excited tip. about the 7-seater electric Mercedes that apparently could be coming out as well. Oh, really? Well. So um, that's an interesting one to keep an eye yeah. on. Yeah, well, the 7-seater market, that's, I mean, that's probably one of our biggest questions. We yeah, we get like, a lot where, of questions. Where is a 7-seater electric car? We're like, well, there isn't, there isn't really one that's suitable for you. I know there's a Toyota Steamer. But uh, that hasn't got a great reputation or isn't we made get a lot of questions more. about that too. A lot of drivers who like to drive the XL vehicles because obviously we have a specific product for that. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I get I get emails about got, that quite a lot. You guys must be looking into that into that more than most because otherwise you might lose that. It's an important Excel it's, market, it's right? an important segment yeah. For, yeah. for us. You know, it's important for for riders because sometimes you need the, the extra capacity, mm-hmm. you know, either either for airport trips or for big groups, etc. Uh, and we need to keep that going. So yeah. Mm, uh, sure. It's uh, it's not an easy it's not an easy segment for the manufacturers to fill because the bigger you make the car, the harder it is to get the range in it. But um, 
but I think it will be it will be something that we should look after. Just keep nudging, keep nudging them. Yeah. Do, yeah. All yeah. We can. do all we can. Um, just to kind of also move back a little bit to the scheme itself. Sure. Um, so the numbers that I'd heard is that so far an average drivers might have earned around six hundred pound. Um, yeah. But that was kind of last I heard, which was like a month or two ago. Just curious to know if you have any update on yeah, that. Yeah, so that number changes almost every day because wow, okay. obviously as people uh, keep driving and keep driving, it just it ticks up. So we're uh, we're a bit higher than that now. Um, uh, it depends slightly on how you do your averages, but we're probably more up at the like 800 sort of mark. We've got mm-hmm. a lot of drivers who have, so uh, as, you, as you might know already, listeners maybe not as aware, um, you've got to hit a thousand pounds before you can draw down. Because we wanted people to have a kind of uh, a substantial amount of, of assistance that would really make a difference mm-hmm. to the price. Now there's no upper limit, you can keep, you can keep accumulating. Uh, and we've seen that a bit with the people who have uh, have used it. Yeah, no, not not many have kind of gone right at the thousand pound mark. People have waited a little bit, um, but uh, you've got to be a thousand pounds. And we've got a lot of drivers who have crossed that threshold. Well, I've got to say, I mean, a lot of the people that have come to us, obviously, because a thousand pounds is when they come and kind of mm-hmm. have a yeah. conversation with us. I mean, there are some that are upward of two thousand. Yeah, 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 big we're, numbers we're in there already. Right. You know, yeah. people drive people drive a lot of miles, yeah. and it's yeah. been almost a year running since the since we launched it now. So we're starting to see. You know, there was a that curve. Um, we'll flatten out after a while, but at the moment it's still in its kind of acceleration phase. So yeah, it's exciting to see that uh, tick up. And that's the beauty of it, because you know it's time next year we'll be talking even bigger numbers, where almost where most drivers will be legible for it, or will be planning to switch over. And that's and that's great. You're going to see a massive rising tide in that regard. That's what my boss would like you to say. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, I mean, and kind of how that links into what we we're talking about, the vehicles and how people are now moving into kind of Tesla Model 3s or even the Nissan Leaf. These are cars that they might not have been able to consider before. And now with the scheme and obviously with like kind of the package we offer as well, that's now uh, a, a big possibility. It's a reality for a lot of drivers now. Um, and that's Tesla what Model 3 might have been out of reach mm. a couple of years yeah, ago. Shave off 20 pounds off of that weekly price or something, yes. as an example. Well, that and that's difference. what it's all about, really. That's the, that's the whole principle of the plan because um, we recognize that uh, it's not so... If, if, people, if we thought people were just going to do it themselves um, and it was an easy switch, then there wouldn't be as need to, to ask for that fee and, to, and to, for, for us and the riders to support it. But that's not the reality. And actually what we are trying to do is say, look, this is in your price range. And as I said to you before, I think, I think once people have, uh, have managed to get the, the financing right and they've got the cost, the raw cost of the vehicle right on a week by week basis, for lots and lots of drivers, it can be a really positive step uh, in, terms of their, in terms of their outgoings. You know, road, you know, charges to use the roads, the cost of electricity versus the cost of fuel is much lower. Um, you know, it's a complicated equation to work out and we spend a lot of time thinking about it, but uh, in a lot of cases, it can be a really positive step. Not to mention the experience, you know, and knowing that you're doing your bit to, to clean up. Well, I mean, at the risk of singing your praises a bit too much, it does feel a little bit like as Uber is growing, they're also bringing up kind of everyone in a sense um, with these kind of schemes. Which yeah, is really and yeah, and it's exciting to see other other companies making you know making big announcements. You see, Amazon made a big announcement about electrifying all their vans uh, all over the world. You see other companies talking about getting 100% electric. You know. No, no intention of being the only ones in this in this game. Like, yeah. you know, I, will, I will see it as success if we manage to inspire everybody to try and follow a lead. So, yeah. can I ask? Um, was there any reason why you maybe picked Otto Car and a few other vendors to, to work with you on this project? A question we do get from time to time is why can't they just go straight to the dealer, for example? Yeah, I get that question too. Uh, so, well, to address that first, I think you know, as we as we try and hit some of those big numbers that you talked about at the beginning, Ishan, I think. We'll need to expand as many options as we can, but what we were really keen to do 
was as soon as possible having launched a plan back in January last year was to give people an option to get on the road uh, and so to do that quickly and properly in a way that we felt we, we could be really uh, kind of have a lot of faith in was to use our trusted relationships with some of our some of our dealers mm-hmm. um, you know who we knew had good relationships with the, with current, our current partner drivers good access to vehicles and we could really make that work so I'll take one of those and it was a it was a great way to, to kick the project off yeah. makes sense awesome yeah um, just a kind of a question about like general London um, the new operators that have been entering the market now in London, that's obviously a big deal. A, few a lot of, of drivers have noticed. Bet, we were yeah. talking in our last episode um, with uh, two, two PCO drivers themselves, Gig Guy London and Cabby 007, who said like this is one of the most exciting times to be a private hire um, driver in London. Um, kind of from your perspective and your side, like with that, you guys have obviously had kind of also challenged to keep you know both the drivers and the riders happy on your app. How have you guys... Uh, taken to that challenge and how's it been so far? So, uh, yeah, it's a bit of a change to the mm-hmm. dynamic. It's, I think it's a welcome change. It's, mm-hmm. it's definitely the right thing for riders. You know, it gives people a chance to, uh, to try different services. It, it's, it keeps it competitive. It's a great thing for drivers too because it helps, them, as, you, as you were saying just there, it's an exciting time and it gives them an opportunity to, to maximise their income and, and to use the best platform for them. You know, for us, it just raises the bar in terms of making sure we're the best place mm-hmm. for, for both parties. You know, the best experience most reliable service, best place to work, best place to get a ride, and say you know something like the Uber Pro launch. Yeah, I was going to uh, say that was actually. That was very much to to think about. You know, how do we ensure that our drivers feel rewarded? And you know, I think there's been a really great response to that from an from an electric car perspective. You know, we've talked a lot about how do you switch from being in, in a non-electric car to being in an electric car. That's that's step one of the process. I don't want you to switch and then think oh, actually I'll, I'll, I don't know if I want to do this anymore like you need to, the experience needs to be good for the whole time that you're in that car so that's where the charging thing comes in mm-hmm. and that's where you, we need to think carefully about how do we ensure that the, the Uber app is the best place to drive your electric car not just mm-hmm. the best place to to get one in the first mm-hmm. place um, and so uh, yeah it makes my job maybe slightly harder but in a good way I think it, it kind of encourages encourages to keep up and I've been very encouraged to see some of those new operators make you know, make announcements about their plans to uh, to be green and be more sustainable, and you know, it's nice, it's, it's flattering to see them follow our lead on that. Mm-hmm. So. Is it possible for um, maybe some listeners who aren't Uber partners to kind of summarise Uber Pro and how that works briefly? Sure. So Uber Pro is a is a driver loyalty uh, scheme. It's got some tiers. Okay. Uh, it's, it's a few different criteria, but in basic terms, the more you drive on that app, you earn points. A bit like an air miles kind of scheme. Sure. Um, and then you unlock benefits. Uh, so we've announced the first wave of of benefits, uh, few, I, I can't remember all of them on the top of my head, but you know, there's a partnership with the AA, but roadside assistance, uh, partnership with AXA uh, in terms of um, some protection insurance if you're off the road for whatever reason, you know, paternity leave, maternity leave kind of cover. The one I think is really, really exciting is the Open University Partnership. So uh, for drivers in some of the higher tiers, uh, an opportunity to get tuition funded uh, through the with, through a partnership with the Open University. You know, do courses, do stuff that would count towards a degree. You know, I think obviously a lot of people want to invest in their education, and I think it's a great thing for us to be able to offer that uh, to drivers. So I, yeah, it's been it's been an exciting time back at HQ in terms of getting that launched, and it will it will only grow and evolve. You know, we're already in conversations about what's next for Uber Pro. So uh, I was glad to see that that happen. No, it's exciting, exciting time for the drivers, um, especially yeah, the last year has been has been a very interesting one, and long may it continue. 
Have you felt a change in the air as well, like in um, drivers that have kind of come through outdoors as well, you know, the electric sphere as well? Yeah, I, I think they're just more intrigued. I think they're excited to, to learn more and be part of that change in the capital. I think everyone's aware that you know, no, no one wants their kids and family to be suffering because of air pollution, you know, all the, the kind of rising asthma cases and lung problems and early deaths and mortality rates and stuff like that. So I think people are keen. People are keen to, to learn more. They obviously don't want to, at the same time, make sure that the car works for them because ultimately they might love electric, but if the infrastructure wasn't there, for example, the car wasn't didn't have the right amount of range, they'd have to be like, okay, well, I like this, but maybe I have to wait a year or two. I think we've seen a big sea of change in the last year or two with the infrastructure and the range of cars. So the time is now, um, and it's going you know, continue to continue, kind of continue to do so. Exciting times. Exactly, exactly. Um, just a, a final thing, the answer could be no, but are there any other kind of ideas, you know, that are in the pipeline? Uh, oh, there are loads of ideas. Uh, <laughs> I didn't I expect the answer five. to be no. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how many of them I, uh, I, can, I can give you detailed briefs on. I think just, you know, in my, a big part of what I've been doing for, since I started was to work out how we make the, you know, the current plan run as, as well as possible and, and work for as many people as possible. Um, but also think about, what next? You know, that, that 100% goal as we discussed at the beginning is an ambitious goal. Uh, it's not all going to be solved by what we're doing today. So, well, I mean, you guys have five times more electric drivers on the, the app now than you did at the beginning of the scheme, that's right? right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's already an that's amazing... News. That's new to me, actually. actually. That's, uh, it's, a great it's, it's a good start, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. We've got to keep going. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, so I think there will be, um, you know, I'm working with the teams, all different parts of the, of the organisation to think about the next the next version of that the next phase um, there's lots of stuff that we want to bring out you know for drivers and for riders I guess finally uh, curiosity as well I'm wondering is how does education fit into this whole thing because you know we talked a lot about getting drivers into new cars and stuff like that but obviously I mean one thing we've noticed on our end is you know there's also been a lot of investment in time um, mm-hmm. in educating explaining and um, things to drivers are there any lots, kind of, lots of content we've had to put out the last yeah. year and it's sometimes it's kind of drilling in the same thing over and over again until they kind of get it but uh, yeah it's a lot of investment from our side have you guys Managed developed any tools resources have you yeah we, used, we had some stuff that was done around the initial launch but that's all going through a big refresh so another member of my team is really focusing exclusively on that at the moment and yeah we recognize that's really important because uh, as i said i think slightly earlier you know it's it's we're asking people to adopt this technology quite early and they might not be very familiar with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, we think it's the right answer. You clearly think it's a great experience uh, for partner drivers. I think there's a lot of voices that are backing that up. Um, but we shouldn't assume that people are going to uh, have time in their day to, to have done all that work. You know, I get to work on this stuff all the time. But I think we, are, we will be doing everything we can to educate the general public and then much more specifically work with our drivers as closely as possible You know, through some of the Green Light Hubs through partners like yourself, through some of the, the campaigns that we run, uh, talk a lot about why we think this is the right answer, why we think it's a great experience, and, and how we can try and help people support people in this transition. So, yeah, education is very important for us. Education, education, education. Yeah. As Tony Blair once said, someone once said <laughs> back in '97. Um, Ish, do we have time uh, for a final game at the end? I mean, I do. I don't know uh, if you have a little bit of time. We can okay, I'm slightly game. daunted, but let's go for <laughs> yeah, it. Don't worry. don't worry. I was scared first time as well. But Most yeah. people oh, right. get uh, zero in this game anyway, so <laughs> you don't have to, you know, there's no pressure. Um, okay, so one is a good score. Yeah, one is a very good score, actually. Um, unlike the other games, I don't have a name for this one. <laughs> yeah, we will think of one and, and add that in as we go. Okay, that's, that's yeah. for the edit. Yeah, <laughs> we'll call it City Hopper. City Hopper. City Hopper. Yeah. Right. Um, I name you guys the city. 
and uh, you guys have to tell me the average cost of a 10 kilometer or a 6.2 mile journey with Uber in that city. Um, I'm shooting for a solid zero. Here. <laughs> Don't worry, okay, I'm, you in, go, I'm, you I'm in the same boat as well. Right. Uh, I've game. got a notoriously bad score in all of these uh, game games. Um, <laughs> uh, as usual, well, why not? Why don't we start with um, the home of Uber, um, San Francisco? Beautiful city, Golden Gate Bridge. Yeah, you you really like your San Francisco. I went there last year. Yeah. I was there. I had a great time. <laughs> um, how many in dollars do you think is the average cost of a ride? 10 mile, 10 mile, no, 6 10 mile kilometers. Ride. Yeah, 10 six, kilometers. 6 mile ride. I can never work out kilometers. 6 miles. 6 miles, all right, 6 miles. I'm going to shoot for about, about $35. Interesting. I was going to say about 25 but with that in mind, I'm going to, I'm going to bump it up to 28 Ooh, $28. Interesting. You revised? 28 You were wrong? Oh. It's $12. $12. See, such good value. Such good value. That is amazing value, I have to say. Um, Toronto. I've heard Canada's quite expensive. I'm going to stick to my $28. Yeah, I'm going to go the other way this time. We're going to go 20 Interesting. Both wrong. Ten dollars. Ten. Yeah, it's actually ten dollars sixty-four. Yeah, see so a pattern emerging here. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm I'm about to flip the script. I'm going to go Rome on you guys. Rome, yeah. Rome. It's a big shift. Which currency are we in now? We're in dollars. We're always in dollars. Yeah. Dollars. Quick fact: Ish is actually from Rome. I having spent it. many years of his childhood yeah. there and continuously yeah. going back to see family. Yeah. Beautiful yeah. city. It's a beautiful That's city. Really Uber like took it. a little bit longer to to enter the kind of cultural DNA there, <laughs> as a lot of things do in Rome. But uh, they take their time. A nice cappuccino in the morning. Yeah. Yeah, Plus those Uber cars on those cobbled streets. It's not <laughs> always the best thing. <laughs> I'm sure the infrastructure isn't there yet. Um, it's euros, isn't it? So it's in dollars. We're keeping dollars. We're keeping dollars. It's a little bit of. So now you're asking me to do an extra. Required. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you're not making this easy for us, are you? Well, to I'm be gonna, fair, Richard, it's never been that easy for you. But. <laughs> Cheers, mate. Yeah, we're doing, we're doing well so far. I'm going to go fifteen dollars. Oh, okay. $16. Well, you guys are going lower and lower, and everybody knows that in Rome you've got to slap on an extra $10 on anything. It's $27. Oh, so close to my original. Could have given you a little uh, heads up. This is an outstanding performance by both of yeah, you so far. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to shoot Finish two more at you guys. All right. Put us out of misery, come on. I'm going to hit you guys with Cairo. Cairo. Okay. I really believe in you guys. I think you, you, $12. You're gonna, Okay, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go four dollars. Whoa! Well, you definitely won that between the two of you. It's one dollar sixty-two. One dollar. Wow. Yeah. Me too. Booked yeah. some trips to Cairo. Big, uh, so. big city for Uber, Cairo. Yeah. Very mm-hmm. important. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Got a lot of lot of uh, partner drivers there, but also a lot of Uber staff in, okay. uh, in Cairo. Have you so. thought of making a little switch or? Uh, I'm not sure. No, I mean, I'll, I'll, fix, I'll get this London thing. Fix London yeah. first, then we move on. First, and then I'll have a little look. Well, if you come for another podcast and you have a great tan on you, then we're going to know <laughs> where, where you've been. Yeah, out in the desert. Final one, Tokyo. Tokyo is wow. an expensive place. Yeah, it is an expensive place. I think you're thinking on the right lines on this one. $32. Wow, okay. Okay, I'm going to go back to near where I started. I was so wrong the first time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to go 35 again. Wow. Well, both of you are the closest you've been so far. 
Um, yeah, Tokyo, $40. $40 yeah, your practice makes perfect. Yeah, yeah. Almost perfect. Yeah. There we go. Well, that's, oh, right. that's a good draw. A good, <laughs> good draw, yeah. A stunning draw. Hey, better luck next time. Thank right? you. Thank you. As always, Ish, you uh, make us look silly towards the end of our podcast. <laughs> uh, ladies and gentlemen, that is all we have time for today. Thank you, Chris, for joining us. Pleasure. And Ish, as always, for being an awesome co-host. Uh, we've hoped you've learned a little bit more about Uber and the Clean Air Plan today. And just before we wrap this up, Chris, is there anywhere online Peter drivers can actually go to learn more about Uber Clean Air? Yeah, so we've got a driver blog post okay. uh, outlines all, the, all that there is to know about the Clean Air Plan, lots of FAQs and stuff on there. Um, and then we've also got various other content that we try and push out through some of our other channels. But the blog post is a go-to place. Lovely. We'll put it in the bio. We'll put it in the link. And if I can make a cheeky plug as well, um, some of our content, because we, we also have a um, Uber Clean Air Plan calculator. So once you've seen everything, yeah, then you to... Yeah, playing with that. That's, uh, yeah. that's well worth a look. So uh, there you can see all the cars uh, we have as well and uh, how much it's going to cost you with the um, Uber Clean Air savings taken into account as well. Awesome. Good to know. Okay, great stuff. Well, on that note, we'll leave it there. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast to get all the latest episodes straight away and please do rate us if you can so other PCO drivers and Uber partners can find us. Uh, Until next time, stay safe on the road. Cheers.